Okay. Podcast number four. I actually think I'm going to give this one a name. <laughs> and then I think I'm going to go back and try to come up with names for the other ones. The other three. Or else they're just going to be all dates, but I feel like I have a name for this one. It's kind of a, a joke that each one I said I'm going to talk about the Doctrine of Balaam and never did. I'm like, who talks for five hours and never goes over their real topic? It's like a talent that I talked for five flipping hours and never did the actual topic I planned from the beginning. Did I, didn't I say the Doctrine of Balaam in the first one or no? Maybe it's just the second and third one that I was going to go over that and I never, I never touched it. So that's how God tricks me into keeping on a topic until it's done. So this is going to be done. Number four, this is going to be finished. I'll have done probably like six hours of a message of who knows what, what actually came of this. <laughs> but I know I have to do this, and I know this, this is something in the spirit, and it wasn't closed the last time because I didn't actually go over what this was spiritually. So I know I'm coming to, I'm going to pull this all together. The other three ones, and I think for people who didn't hear the first, second, and third, and only the very special people that actually followed this whole dang message, which I, I know it's out there. I know that there's people that, that actually followed the whole message in the spirit. This is going to close it all. And for people who didn't hear the other three, this is actually going to bring it all together. And some of it might go over their heads and they need to go back and understand what I'm talking about. But God has given me like the biblical reference to, to finally close it out. And we're, and I'm actually going to use a lot of scripture from what I feel like. I feel like this is actually going to be a lot more, um, normal and pulling in biblically what is happening with leadership and why the Holy Spirit is calling that this is an era that we're going to shift. We're going to shift the fame. We're going to expose the false prophets are going to get exposed. We're going to see new people come in. We're going to see the ones that are in purity. We're going to see the ones that have are in possession in their gifts um, exposed and why we're going to see, you know, the, the, the doctrinal fallouts over healing over um, prophetic things like all this stuff that we're going to walk into and people don't realize to the level it's about to happen, and that's why this is such a secret message because it would flip so so many. There, the wolves on this that that this is going to call out the the army to do it is being structured right now secretly and spiritually, and so it's going to slowly come out to when it fully gets like released, and the people in purity are going to lead this thing that's gonna that's going to happen. So I know that I talked on. People who are hearing this and they hear me say witchcraft training. I did a private witchcraft training a few years ago that couldn't be recorded. I could be invite only, um, and it had in it because of what it was in the spirit and what a big deal it was of what I was exposing. It was I, I wouldn't say it was eight hours. I'd say it was probably six and a half. It was three, right? Three. It was probably two hours each yeah. time. So it's probably about six and a half hours. And this is only going to get glimpses of it because publicly there's a lot of that stuff that is so above people's heads that that has to be for leaders only. And, but this is going to pull on some of these things that are exposing it because now in the spirit, since this territorial shift took place through the coronavirus um, with Jezebel, now this can be, at least for me, I can finally publicly do this without the backlash that it would have carried before on me. And so for like the, the thing I don't understand, the leaders that are that are preaching on revelations right now and are calling this end times, like I have never done in-depth study on revelations. And the reason why is because well, first of all, if we're going to deal with like pre-trip, post-trip, the rapture, all those things, I do not want to get into that per my, personally because I don't know enough to know. I know what I was raised to believe, but I'm like, why am I focused on that when we got to deal with the church? God's dealing with the church because this isn't end days what people think. This is not 
where what it, because Revelations was written in 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 the actual time of the churches that were then this what this was like something that was already happening back then. So we had this already happening back then in the churches with the false prophets, the people that Paul's calling out, things that John is talking talking about. Revelations was already taking place. There's certain things that have been current this whole time that the demons behind it have just shifted their faces through the teachers. And man, if I could get to do that in detail, that would take me so many hours to go through and explain. And people are hearing little glimpses of understanding this stuff. And then, but I don't understand people saying that, no, the church is not strong enough for end times. We are not strong enough. What, what is happening? We have things in revelations taking place right now, but it was taking place before then. The spirit of Jezebel has just shifted its face through, through the church, through the witchcraft and stuff like that. And you, if these churches think we're end times, I'm sorry, but the church had no authority over COVID. How on earth are we going to have an authority in the end times in the rapture and dealing with what's really going to happen? The church should have had an authority over COVID. We should have been like Paul with the viper. That's just what it should have been. The reason that Paul, the church did, it was an exposure of the church. And the pastors that thought that they're going to open their doors and have everyone come in and they had authority, they did not have an authority. And COVID was being spread in those churches. <laughs> COVID was being spread in those churches that opened their doors. Because in the spirit, there was a stopping to something. And it was not the persecution that you think. It was a reaping of what's been sown. And people were to close the doors. They were to, they were to listen to certain things. And I know it's the liberals. It's the liberal agenda. It's persecution. If they understood what in the spirit realm was happening, was there was a territory shift. There was an exposure that the church does not have this authority. This thing of... Now, this is, this is where... I'm going to say this because this is what I believe and I know my heart, but what I could feel within the spirit realm, that's what I pick up. I can feel territorials. I can feel what demons are doing in ways that other people are just not going to not gonna understand it, and that's okay. And I've always said this because you have not had my experience with demons. That's okay. So you can take it or leave it, what I'm going to say with this right now. Here's what I what was happening. We had a Jeze the, the territorial Jezebel that's been over the church that has infiltrated every single part of the structure. All these doctrines, all these teachers, all these gifts. And I've broken down some of it in all of the, in all these different podcasts. And I'm going to do a little bit more today. And to the level that I could do it, I'm probably I'm not going to because that would take me so many so many hours. You we had that this territorial is it is being unleashed to release its own judgment like i said this territorial spirit of jezebel it's infiltrated the entire church the reason the church had no authority over covid covid was a manufacturer of jezebel not china friends oh whoa, whoa, yeah whoa. and he's having me say it nobody said this nobody has seized this for what it is and i'm gonna say it and i know this is a message that you don't hear anyone caring or understanding this is what i can see and i feel this was a witchcraft concoction Okay, it was a Jezebel concoction in the spirit and it had to be released because the exposure of Jezebel needs to take place to go full circle, which is going to it has to go bad and get good. So it's going to and it got exposed by the fact the church had no authority over it, had no authority. I don't care who you are. There was not an authority in the spirit because of what it is and what's and what's taking place right now spiritually. So this thing of Jezebel, this is going to this is going to get broken down. Now, here here's here's what here's what God. So, like I said, well, I did order. I did just get um, a commentary by, by Keener. I did find out that I do have commentaries by an Arminian and Keener. Um, anybody who would understand that, that I actually was studying commentaries, which is, which is so funny because I had no idea. And he, he was Ar Arminian. And you couldn't tell that he was either Reformed or Arminian. And it's actually, he's not filtered with doctrine. And I love it. So I got this guy's commentary on Revelations. But God, God, I totally felt God say, do not read 
well, I read one one IVP background commentary. That's not super detailed on some of the stuff. But God, God said, let me be the commenta commentator. And that gets really tricky when you talk on Revelations because this is so much things beyond my understanding. I don't like to touch this book just because of that. I will reference it randomly, but this is something God has been, been talking to me for a long time, which would be Revelations 2. I'm going to talk about the doctrine of Balaam, and I'm going to talk about the bed of suffering that Jezebel's on. And God showed me what I was saying, that it's going to go full circle. Jezebel's going to shoot herself in the foot. God showed me now today, this is a, this is a scripture, that this is, this is true. So we're going to let him talk through this because he didn't let me go. Well, I did go a little crazy with getting scripture and stuff like that, but not, a, not with where I could do all my crazy studying because he did not want me to go there because I'm going to deal with just the spirit realm. I'm going to deal with what the demons are doing, how this has filtered the church this whole time, how I was calling this out. And what we're dealing with right now is Revelations 2, but this is what's been on the church. It has not been exposed to the level it's about to get exposed to. And I'm going to deal with two, two texts in, in Revelations. And then I'm going to break down um, the doctrine of Balaam, all the, the warnings we have in scripture of who Balaam was, what that was. Um, Revelations, Revelations 2, I'm going to do, okay, let me, let me, let me do the one on Jezebel first. Let me re read that and explain when I've been saying that the spirit's going to go full circle, what this is going to look like. Okay. Revelations 2, 2.20, but I, and this is Jesus speaking, but I have this complaint against you. Um, and he's speaking to one of the churches. I, it's so hard Thyatira, like anybody who, I don't know, just don't make fun of me. I don't know how I just pronounced that, but that's a church in it. It, it wasn't a, a, a Greek, um, it was a, it was a, a part of uh, Greece. It was a Greek city in the Asia Minor. <laughs> Let's pretend I know what I'm saying, but I'm pretty sure it was okay. But I have this complaint against you. You are permitted that, you have, you are permitting that woman, that Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet, to lead my servants astray. So let me explain that. This is not talking about an actual person. Jezebel represents a thing in the spirit. It represented the spirit that was behind this female, which would be, you know, she wasn't a false prophet, but this is used reference towards female false prophets. But really, technically, this is dealing with something spiritually of the doctrine behind Jezebel, what she did with leading Israel into um, idolatry, um, sexual immorality, um, a food sacrifice to idols, the false prophets of Baal. She had 900 false prophets underneath her Jezebel did. And so that's why I'm always saying Jezebel is the, is the head spiritually of this, this spirit that is behind this heads this because you have to have permission into a kingdom. So any false prophets, any of these people, they have to have permission into a kingdom. There has to be a head. They are not the head. There is a, there is a territorial over them. There's a spirit that is a territorial and it is a female entity in the spirit. It to me is the bride of Lucifer. Okay. That's how I cannot believe God's letting me say this publicly. This is so crazy. I've never been able to say to this level, this is going to go over so many people's heads, but if they comprehend what I'm getting at, it's going to like give you such a different idea of what we are seeing in the church, why this is structured this way, why we've been deceived, why we're not seeing it for what it is. Okay. So he says, who calls herself a prophet. It, this is not, it, the people would think, oh, it's a, it's a woman within the church. No, it's not. This is, this is a spirit behind this. This is it, to lead my servants to trade. She teaches them to commit sexual sin and to eat food offered to idols. I gave her time to repent. Yeah. The time was been given for this to be repented of. That's what I kept saying. There was a grace on this. There was a time of repentance. Carl Lentz had a time to repent. He is under this. He has been operating in Jezebel. He still has it on him. He is full-blown a male Jezebel. He's under this. He had time to repent. These leaders had had time to repent. So I've given you time to repent. 
Um, I gave her time to repent, but she does not want to turn away from her immorality. Ugh, therefore, I will throw her on a bed of suffering. And those who commit adultery with her will, will suffer greatly unless they repent and turn away from her evil deeds. We are now going to go into this thing where we are going to see this thing go, go full circle because Jezebel is going to be put on a bed of suffering in the judgment of Jesus Christ. It is going to happen. But because of the power that this spirit right now has on the church, she has to flip into the suffering is going to hit the people who are fully aligned with her. The ones fully operating in this area, full partnership. It's going to hit them so hard, it's going to be crazy to watch. These leaders that I told you that I say I know are possessed, that like I said before, it's a possession on something, some part of their soul, and I see it in the eyes. I could, to, and there's only going to be some, I would tell, I would tell like when I'm married, I'll tell my husband who these people are. I'll tell the people in leadership who are underneath my ministry who they are, but I am not going to say that because we're going to watch it happen and we're going to see this happen. We're going to see who these people are. I know who they are and we're going to see this come to pass on them because they are misleading so many people with their false gifts and I know who they are. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, therefore, I will throw her in a bed in a greatly unless they repent, turn away from her e evil deeds. Now, here we go. Keeps going. I will strike her children dead. Who are her children? We have in scripture disciples also killed called children. These are the child. These are the false prophets. They are going to. They're going to reap how they have aligned with the spirit. Um, then all the churches will know that I am who the one that searches the hearts and minds. That's where this is at. If people understood, it is the heart. It is the narcissism that we have in the church. It is the heart desire. This is the thing that has aligned them with the spirit. They are clueless to it. They are clueless because their idea of this is the way ministry looks. And because they think they have a gift that gives them power. Any person operating in a healing gift that doesn't have a testimony like me, I don't trust your gift. I don't trust. I don't trust it. Because I want to know where did that come from if you don't have a full revelation of what true healing from the Holy Spirit is. I don't get it. I'm going to start my healing book next week. <laughs> That's going to start. That's coming. <laughs> Even though nobody reads my stuff. One day. <laughs> I'm writing to somebody. And uh, you know what, though? Um, I'm building my curriculum. That's what I'm doing. I'm building my curriculum for my Bible school. And that's going to take years. And God will do it in and ease before I have a full year of a curriculum. Mm -hmm. So that's starting and I'm gonna demolish things like nobody's business. This though is coming to an end. I don't know if there's gonna be more in the healing pocket. I have no idea. God is closing this one and then he's gonna release me to, to write the healing thing. Okay, so then, then know who I am that I will search the heart and mind. I will repay each of you according to your deeds. <sighs> 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 You want to know why it was such a public shaming for Mr. Carlentz? He has been publicly defamed because he publicly defamed God. He, 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 he is taking the hit for what he did to him. Why do people think that I make fun of these guys so bad? Like that there's something in the spirit that's mocking those who mocked him. Actually, Grace, I, love, I wish Grace was here. She could tell me what scripture she sent me. She was listening to my podcast and she was saying she was Googling mockery because of how much I make fun of like even the skinny jeans. I mean, I'm just, you know, it's my personality, first of all. And mostly men aren't that sensitive to care about stuff like that. Like females are. You can kind of nail men a little bit better with that stuff. But God is like letting there be, the, there's like this mockery towards what these leaders did is thinking they were models. You're not a flipping model. You're not even attractive. <laughs> To be a model, you got to be good looking. 
I'm so sorry. You somehow try to make yourself good looking by your haircut and your ugly big glasses and do what you think you fit out, you're fitting to be. Ah, see, the mockery comes out. Jesus thinks this is funny because they mocked him. They mocked him. Ugh, they mocked him. So she said I was Googling mockery. She was Googling mockery and she sent me. I wish I could go in her text if I, I think it was a proverb that actually said he will mock those that are, it was something about them being in pride about people. We have to understand God is good. He is faithful, but you want to take his sheep from him? He's going to mock you, friend. You want to take them from him with your display of a false thing of him? There is going to be a mockery towards what you just did towards him. And I'm going to muck your flipping faces off. Wow! And there's going to be power on it. There's going to be power. There's going to be power when it comes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Here I go from being totally tired. I want to go to bed before this just started here. I told you it just like takes over me. And I start getting to make fun of these guys. I have like an issue with that. I told, I told, I told Grace, I said, I'm not going to do anything talking about skinny jeans. She wrote back, don't make any promises you can't keep. <laughs> and have not learned Satan's so-called secrets. See, we have people in the church that think they're carrying a special intuition prophetically. And they're actually picking up stuff from Jezebel and they're looking accurate with certain things. But they're just in partnership and friendship with the spirit that's giving them some seeds to make them look anointed. Whoa. Oh, okay. Hmm. I will not impose any other burden on you except to hold on to what you have until I come. This is a grace on the purity. This is a grace of God on the people who are not aligning with this, who are in pure reason why they want to display God. Again, I'm going after the leadership, man, because grace is on the children who've been deceived by this, that have not understood. They, they've been, they, they have aligned deceptively because that leadership taught them that's how to do ministry. Those leaders are going to be accountable for raising up those people the same way by aligning them with their idea of uh, their music label. And build your following on social media. And a leader mentored you to do that. Guess what? That leader is responsible. That older leader is going to be responsible for leading you into that. Okay? Um, and so to the ones who it is victorious and does and does my will to the end, I will give an authority over the nations. Oh, 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 oh I'm getting an authority over the nations. Yeah. Because when, when there's an understanding that the purity that comes out from under Jezebel and is not under that, guess what? You have the head of Jezebel. Jezebel has no power over you. Has no power over you. And right now, this spirit has so much dang power. It is, it, to me, feels like it is somehow infiltrated in every ministry structure because people haven't understood that it comes in as, as quick as someone who's donating a lot to your ministry and has it on them and got a power towards you. That's simple. And they're not realizing this. Okay? Um... The one will rule them with an iron scepter and will dash them to pieces. That one will rule them like an iron scepter and will dash them to pieces like pottery. Just as I have received. 
received authority from my father, I will also give that one the morning star. Whoever has the ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The power in this people. And I just wonder, these people who want to break down a commentary and think they understand what this Spirit is. This Spirit is so high level. So high level. It is as high level as, like I said, it is a female entity aligned as high power territorial as Lucifer. People understood this power. And if I can understand, if I can explain how it infiltrated through certain false gods, and I'm not going to say the names because people get so much warfare on this that they knew what it was, but it went through Catholicism, through the worship of Mary. I mean, I can break this down in such a crazy, crazy way to explain to you, even from the the Greek, um, you know, Apollo and his oracle, uh, Delphi. And that was the spirit that was behind the girl who was blaspheming Paul and um, I think it was Paul and Peter. And he, it was a blasphemous thing saying, you, they, it, well, it was something about, I don't know, you're the sons of the most high. I mean, it was something about God. And he turns around and he calls it a Python spirit. And that's the only word in scripture, that Greek word is the only word in scripture that it's that Python spirit. I explain it in abide of a de- enemies exposed, but I did not have full understanding of now what it is because I, it was, I didn't do enough. I got more information on it recently because I didn't have a full understanding of what that actually was. But the Apollo at, at, at Delphi, Apollo, which would be um, one of the Greek gods, one of the big ones, had an oracle. An oracle was somebody who would be, this case, this one at Delphi, and her name was Pythia or something like that. That's why the word, it was a Puthon spirit that, that, they, that he calls this girl having of divination. The oracles were as if like a prophet to these gods. And what would happen is they would come under full control of the demon behind the false god every now and then and they would go into a frenzy and they would utter things that don't make sense but they would get this revelation from these false gods and they were accurate revelations and they would go into a tormenting frenzy the oracle would this was a female a female woman was the this female priestess at at the temple at delphi that did this now the, what paul calls it it's a spirit it's a, it's called puthon it was a spirit that was behind it and he calls it on that girl that young girl that followed them that was saying accurate things about them and did accurate prophecies and made those people money for anybody who should know this story i'm not exactly sure um it's not acts 19 it's probably like acts 16 it's before it's in one of it's in one of those is that is that story of um them doing it and there you there you're seeing that he's calling out something that's behind this false god that is an oracle that was an actual prophet type but it was a tormenting prophecy that they would come under and it sounded crazy it would be such a frenzy and a torment they were taken over in full possession by this demon and then it had an accuracy to it and these were the oracles that they had at different places of these false god these these greek gods so you have that that um that even behind, so how I see that is that there was there's an actual Jezebel thing that was over these 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 prophetic spirits and false prophet spirits that were working through these demons behind the idea of worshiping this false god that would come through the oracle of an actual person that was actually operating this. So if we understood what these demons do, the power behind them, then we're going to understand that something like Jezebel having this power, these false prophetess of these false prophets that are behind and underneath the spirit, that we have to understand that it at times is going to look accurate. It's going to carry some weird power. It is more real than you understand. When we actually pull this through scripture, it would it will flip your mind on how it went through these false gods, how it then goes into, into Catholicism, how we see it in the worship of Mary, of this female entity, how you're, how it's how it went through. And everybody thinks that the Jezebel is like what I explained last time, the seductress female. That is only a part of the spirit. It can seduce in different ways. It just doesn't look as a whore, as a hooker. 
it can look different on a person of how, how it comes through. Um, okay. Um, and so, and that's why we're, we're getting so crazy deceived by this. So, so pulling this together, saying that this is the thing of Jezebel, it's going to go into the, this bed of suffering here. Here's what we have now next to this. The two hugest things that have infiltrated the church in this structure that has been weaved through scripture is going to be the doctrine of Balaam and the spirit of Jezebel. Okay. And, um, both of them feeding what I would call a gluttonous thing inside of people who are so blind by this thing that it would be the Philippians 319 that it was the God of their belly. You have the church ha is a God of their belly. That is just what it is. The church has gotten to this lustful thing that feeds the soul, that feeds the soul by the attention, that feeds the soul by the gifts, that feeds the soul by these things. They're leading people all to themselves because they have a God in their belly. And so we have this gluttonous thing on, on, on young people who don't even understand. Then you have these big leadership that have come under it in such a crazy way and, and are under it. And, and these are the ones that are going to come freaking crashing down in such a crazy way when this, when this takes place. And these other people who have been under this gluttonous thing being fed by this, the deliverance of that, of getting out from under this, this is a thing in the heart. It's going gonna, it's gonna to flip on people's hearts. So, so let's go now to Doctrine of Balaam. This is, an, this is another thing. This is the other thing. Now, every other podcast, I was explaining what this is, what these spirits are. This is all together the doctrine of Balaam is what is over the church. So, let me explain this. Let's look at it. Same chapter, yet it's Revelations 2.14. Um, okay. Nevertheless. Um, this is a different church though. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. There are so many among you that hold on to the teachings of Balaam who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin so that they would eat food, sacrifice to idols and commit sexual immorality. Okay. Same type of thing that he's accusing Jezebel of is misleading, right? And some of the, this is why people so bypass these scriptures because they go, I'm not eating, you know, food sacrifice to, to idols, but I am for sure sexually immoral, but it's okay because it's just for today. And we're allowed to do this in the church. We're allowed to live in our own apartments before we get married. We can do this. We can do that. Like, don't get me started on that. Go listen to Devil Exposed number 10 of my living in freedom. I'll nail you there about sex before marriage. I don't have time for that right now. So, okay. So you have uh, Revelations, Revelations 2.14. And let's just talk about, let's just talk about little Balaam. The interesting thing about Balaam, he is going to be the absolutely most talked about, considered false prophet in scripture. Jezebel is the fifth most talked about female in scripture. Not the evil female, the female. Think about that. She's talked about that most. She's the fifth most talked about to any female. So you're looking at Mary, Mother Jesus, Mary Magda. I mean, we're looking at the, the Jezebel. Clearly, there is a warning. There is such a warning in scripture that people are not freaking taking it. They're not taking attention to what is weaved through scripture, through, through the spirits behind these things. Balaam is literally warned in the New Testament three times against his doctrine. Why have I never heard a teaching on the doctrine of Balaam? Have you guys besides me? No, I haven't. No. no. And when I started seeing this in scripture and when I read in Revelation, I was like, what is this? The doctrine of Balaam. Because the only other place I heard doctrine was the doctrine of demons in like First Timothy. And so the doctrine of Balaam. So in the New Testament, he's literally, so he has pretty much three chapters practically. No, no, numbers 20 through 25 and then he's mentioned again in 31 and what he actually did and so this is what's so interesting i'm going to give you first of all the warnings and explain to you what this is about so here you have you got second peter um 2 15 so you have peter's warning warning the church about balaam 
They have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Bezar, however you say that, we love the way, they, who love the wages of wickedness. But he was rebuked for his wrongdoing by a donkey, an animal without speech, who spoke with a woman's, uh, a human, a woman's voice. <laughs> a, human, a human voice that restrained the prophet's madness. So many people only look at Balaam because they're so intrigued that a donkey, donkey talked to him. That's how many have only heard it about that? That's how I knew it. Balaam and the donk talking donkey. That was it. They made that the big story about it. And the fact that Balaam isn't really weirded out that his donkey talked to him. That's more interesting about the story because it's not a myth. This is a true story. But what it shows is divination. It shows the craziness of that culture. That a donkey turned and talked to him and he just talked back. Like if you don't think that they saw crazy stuff back then, they were so open and knew that this was divination, this is sorcery, this is this, it's talked about, these are the false gods, we know of Yahweh, Yahweh is this God over Israelites. We are so blind to understand the false gods in the, in the world today. We're so blind to the demons behind these nations, behind these doctrines, behind these things, because we've all put it into culture. It's all become culture now. It's all become acceptable. Nobody's addressing this for what it is. They hear demons and they freak out. They think someone's demon has demons on them. They're not saved. They're this, they're that. Mean, man, it's like crazy how the devil has hidden, hidden himself this much. Somebody needs to get a donkey talking to him. Seriously. Okay. Jude one eleven. This is another one. A warning. Woe to them. They had taken the way of Cain. They have rushed for profit into Balaam's heir. They have been destroyed in, in Korah's rebellion. These people are blemishes to your love feast, eating with you without the slightest qualm. Shepherds who feed only them. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Shepherds who feed only themselves. This is what we have. We have shepherds who are feeding themselves with the idea that they're feeding the sheep and they are not. And that was to be shut down this last year, and it wasn't. They didn't know how to do it. They didn't understand that this was to be a shutdown in the spirit because they've been feeding themselves. And I'm, you know, we have ones in purity. Just hear me on that. I know there's ones in purity. I'm nailing the ones that aren't in purity. Okay. They are clouds without rain, blown along by the wind, autumn trees without fruit, uprooted, twice dead. Blowing with the winds of their idea of theology, blowing with the winds of their gifting, blowing with the winds of the lust of their flesh, blowing with the winds of what Jezebel gave them that they could now get the attention of a female, the attention of a male, blowing with the winds of what they think their voice did on stage as they belted something they're saying is to God, yet what's to themselves. And they're trying to put a prayerful song behind it that's a lie and a deception. And they're feeding themselves by the attention that they're getting. Whoa! Oh, dang. Oh, dang. Ugh. <clears throat> Okay, you have Revelation 2 Peter, Jude one eleven. Now, if anyone can tell me something else that's warned about that specific in the New Testament, let me know. This is very, very big deal. This is clearly something that, that's being called out to these people, these leaders in the New Testament. Yet it's never preached on and understood what it actually is. So let's go to the actual story of Balaam. This is what's very, very interesting. So Balaam would have been known to have a line of divination in his family, in his family line. That was, but because back then that was very normal. That was a very normal thing. They, they knew that Yahweh was the God of Israel. And then they knew that the God in which they worshiped the divination. They knew that they had similar giftings. Once they fed that God, they could get these powers. They could do this. And they knew that there was this protection over Israel. There was a reputation. If you look in Joshua, um, it talks about, um, uh, what was it? Is it right? Why did I forget her name? The, the hooker Rahab? What's her name? Was that it? It's Rahab, right? Yeah, that's her name. She says, we've heard of you. We've heard of what God has done. We are afraid of you. 
We're afraid of you taking over our, 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 our city. It was known this power, yet the problem was is that the Israelites would get tempted and led into things that then they came out from under the favor of God. Okay, we have people out from under the favor of God and there's a demonic favor because false gods are feeding them. It's not the real favor. If when I explain the favor on my life, that doesn't make sense. It blows people's mind because it's a hidden favor. It is a hiddenness to things. It is not this put out in a spectacle on stage of this, 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 and this pulling and all these things that is not of God. I've, it, it, I know that there, it, here's the thing. There will be in our things like that of God, but they have to be in such a crazy purity that the person gets removed and only is displaying something that leads to such crazy intimacy if they're the one there. That's it. And we have some of those people in purity that God is anointing and blessing. They're just not fully covered. They're not fully covered in the spirit realm because they don't have a full understanding of what this is. And they have people in their leadership. I think I'm going to get to tell the craziest Jezebel story I've never shared publicly at when I get through this. That is going to give such an example of people who are targeting ministries and infiltrating Jezebel in, into it. Um, okay. So you have numbers. So, so yeah, so that was his background, what it was divination in, in his family line. But here's the interesting thing. He talks to God in this scripture. He hears God's voice. He knows he's Yahweh and he follows and obeys him in the beginning. So what's that, what's that look like? Cause to me, I was like, well, that kind of looks like it's a prophet gift. Like that to me was like, oh, he's a prophet, but then he's called a false prophet in these other ones. So what led him? He did have divination background. He did hear God's voice. He did follow God and he had the ability to curse and not curse. So here, let's look at this. So I got to go, right, did I have it on? No, I'm going to, I got to go to the text. It's not on here. So just a second. So this is going to be in no, no, Numbers 20, 22, 23, and I'm going to grab certain ones so people get the understanding of what the background is to Balaam. Okay, so this is what Balaam is known for, uh, being and having an ability to bless or curse because of, what the gifting and stuff that he had and the demonic gifting. But so the, the king of the Moabites was Balak and he was scared because scared of the Israelites. Like they knew there was a favor on the Israelites that will come against these nations. So he was scared. So he calls for the sword for Balaam and calls him in and asks him to curse the Israelites before they come in. Um, I'm going to read part of this. So it sent messengers to summon Balaam. And, P, uh, and, and I'm hopping. So now I'm going to be down at five and five and six and, and pop through these. This is the NIV. The people have come out of Egypt. They cover the face of the land and have settled next to me. Now come and put a curse on these. So this is, this is Balak wanting Balaam to do this. Now come and put a curse on these people because they are too powerful for me. Perhaps then I will be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land. For I know whoever you bless will be blessed and whoever you curse is cursed. So they know this about him. He had the ability to do this. Okay. Um... So then I'm going down to eight. Spend the, spend the night here, Balaam said to them, and I will report back. So he's talking to the, like, Balak's officials because he's not actually talking to Balak, and the, the officials came to him and said this. Spend the night here, Balaam said to them, and I will report back to you. So he actually says, I'm going to go to the Lord. I'm going to go to God and ask him if I'm able to do this. So this guy knows who God is. Task communication with God. The doctrine of Balaam, people. Well, this is what we're seeing. This is what we're seeing. We're seeing people who may at one time talk to God. Something came in, possession on the eyes, all of a sudden a robotic look. You came under the doctrine of Balaam. Okay. All right. Yeah. This is why the warnings on, on these people who are under Balaam. Okay. 
Um, and spend the night here and I'll report back to you. Okay, so go do it down. Number 12. But God said to Balaam, do not go with them. You, you must not put a curse on those people because they are blessed. So God even knows he could have cursed them. What does that mean? I don't know. I'm not going to go there. That's crazy though. You know what I mean? God's just saying he would have had the ability. He's saying, you're not allowed to do that. So Balaam goes back. He tells him, God's not letting me go with you. So he obeys him. He obeys him in the beginning. We had a lot of people in ministry that looked obedient in the beginning, who may have been pure in the beginning, who thought something in the beginning, and then something comes in by the seduction of what then King Balak offers Balaam to do this. He gets offered money, great wealth, if he would curse them, okay? So so he keeps continuing to talk to God about it. That's the, that's the, so he says in 17, this is what Balak is, is offering, offering Balaam. I will reward you handsomely and do whatever you say. Come and put a curse on these people for me. Seduction, seduction. I will get you famous. You will get a label. You will get these huge conferences. You will be known in the kingdom. Will you do this? The temptation of Jezebel came to these people. They don't realize that was a temptation. They got fed by something that they didn't realize was for them and not for God. And there's a deception in it. And some of them freaking know. They know. They are wolves. They are straight wolves. They are straight wolves. And I know who they are. I know who they are. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. I need like bodyguards. <laughs> when I go out and kill, kill these wolves, I need some bodyguards. I'm too small. <laughs> I'm too small. It's like, who, it's like I'm so small and I come out. I remember Cody describing me one time. He's like, I'm going to get you into churches because he was a part of Calvary Chapel. He goes, I'm going to get you into churches and just open the door to your cage. <laughs> crazy stuff okay he says i will reward you handsomely and do whatever you say balaam answered then even if balak gave me all the silver and the gold oh look he's pure at this moment even if you gave me all these things i will not do anything great or small to go beyond the command of the lord my god why is this called the doctrine of balaam the church understood this there was a purity at one point in his choices and his decisions Yet the seduction of what was going to be given to him got taken over. Because some people read this and don't realize what ended up happening. Because it's actually a reference in only one scripture in Numbers 31. It looks as if he did the will of God in this text. That's why people haven't put this fully together, what actually Balaam fully did. Okay, so then 21. Balaam, okay, so then Balaam decides to go to Balak. Which is interesting because Texas before it say God says he could. But then God stops him, stops him through the donkey. And it says at one point, I would have killed you if you didn't stop do it stop i don't want you to go to him so if you do go to him this is all you're allowed to do and he allows him to go he says you're only allowed to bless so if you go into um he i mean 34 balaam said to the angel of the lord he bows down he says i've sinned did not realize you're standing in the road to oppose me now if you are displeased i will go back he was obedient he was listening he was hearing the voice of god like this would blow people's mind if we understood how this guy turned into the biggest warning in the new testament Okay, so he goes, and he says in 38, Well, I have come to you now, Balaam replied. So he goes a bit, but I, can say, but I can't say what I please. I must speak only what God puts in my mouth. You know what's so funny? Those prophetic people who got into the White House weren't even ever that pure, ever. They weren't even under that. Because if they even were in that in a moment, they would have brought him a word that got him kicked out immediately. So you have those so deceived under this doctrine of Balaam, they were fully feeding the gods of their belly. 
fully feeding the gods of their belly. That woman, that Jezebel woman. Oh, I know who you are. Dancing around the dang White House. Dancing around the dang White House with your plastered face. Mockery. Oh, you're mockery. And I'm going to mock you back. face to face. I'm not kidding you because this is so dang demonic and I'm so tired of them talking about God and deceiving people. I'm so tired of it. Whoo, he's letting me. He didn't, I didn't say, I didn't say your name, but people are going to put this together. He allowed it. He allowed it. He allowed it. Just go look. Go look. And for the people who thought this was okay, what's wrong with you? How did you look at this and think it was okay? How do you go on the social media and think that this is okay? It's like, it's such a joke. It's such a joke. Like, it's such a joke. I can't understand how they look at this. It's so just like deceiving that this is what ministry is to be. I'm so, you're such a mockery to him. You're such a mockery. You feed your belly. It's so gross. Ugh. Ugh. God, I feel like he's, how, how long God's held this in over the church to watch this. I just can't fathom it. Can't fathom these people need to learn to minister to God and not themselves. Like go and in the seat and like talk to him. Have you ever ministered to his heart or you just ministered to your own flesh, you Jezebel witch? Oh, oh. You, you just got called that man. Oh. oh man. What do you do with that one? Oh. Dang. There's a street fight and I'm pulling knives. And you're going down. Going down. Because God's done. Done. He's given grace. This is this is done. It's not okay anymore. You gotta be called a spade a spade. You get called out. What you're doing is disgusting. Disgusting. And people who 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 think that this is like, oh my god, who think I would I'm the harsh one. Are you joking me? God, do you know his heart? Do you know God? How do you think this is a display of him? I don't get it. I don't get it. What are you reading? What are people reading? I'm like, what are we reading? I don't know what you're reading. <laughs> I don't know. Is it, is it some magazine? Yeah. Is it self magazine? I don't get it. How did you think that this is what the, the favor of being prophetic is for you? I don't, we don't have any of it that in scripture. Not one thing in scripture. If you have it for me, tell me. Because it seems to be Balaam and Jezebel are the only ones. <laughs> mm -hmm. Dang. God's done. Oh, it's coming down. He is saving people out from under this grossness that's mocking him. <sighs> You're so gross. Dirty, 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 dirty. Ugh. you know who can't understand this and think that think that I'm oh your eyes please open please open like open in the name of Jesus God the blinding right now I just declare right now people listening that's been blinded open your eyes open your eyes open your eyes and get before him speak to him stop speaking to yourself 
He loves his children too much to allow this any longer. Jezebel is going down on her bed of suffering. Numbers 23. those whom God has not cursed. We have people that are cursing his children that were never cursed under him, and it's a period of cursing, and it's from them, and it's from them, it's from them, and then they blame it and say they can deliver you and get you healed because they cursed you themselves. They have the power to do witchcraft. Oh. <sighs> Write that down. <laughs> place and some people go how is that demonic if it led him into intimacy let me tell you people this is all this is all that God has to work with right now this is all God has to work with and he's so faithful to his children like you don't understand I've been delivered under witchcraft oh! in the stuff and doctrine that I came under and in, in some of the teachings and God set me free under those doctrines because he's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful to his children. He's going after them. And, he's, and, and then they are getting twisted because they lose their healing. They lose this. They lose that. And, and you know, I'm going to go dig this deeper, especially in my book, of the understanding of losing a deliverance and the temptation the Spirit comes back with seven more and understanding that versus a purified healing. You can't treat a purified healing like in a vacant thing where demons come back in. We have to separate those two. And it's been turned in to being able to lose it. And that's what we got we to gotta get out of that. There's some off with that, but we got to shift where it's deliverance versus a purified thing like happening in my body. This is not deliverance, what took place. This wasn't deliverance. It wasn't demons coming off of me. This was a body being set and brand new. This was Romans 8 coming to life in someone's body. You <laughs> burping. <laughs> I've done this when we're speaking. I start burping. <laughs> that's great. That's cute. Okay. Oh, <laughs> how can I denounce those whom the Lord has not denounced? Number, then you go down. Numbers 23, 23. There's no divination against Jacob, no evil omens against Israel. It is now to be said of Jacob of Israel. See what God has done. So he, then hit 26, do I, did I not tell you I must do whatever the Lord says? Here, here's what I'm pulling out. I'm pulling out where there's purity in Balaam. I'm pulling out, then you see him actually bless Israel and do the opposite of what Balak wanted him to do. Balak starts, keeps trying. Let me take you to this part of the mountain with a new, with a new perspective. And will you do it here? Will you, are you about to tickle your toes? Put me on my hand. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let me take you to this, this part and let me give you a new perspective. Will you be willing to curse him here? Nope, nope, nope. Keeps blessing him. Keeps blessing him. It, it ends up, you know making Balak pretty mad. So number 24, one. Now when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not resort to divination as at other times, but turned his face towards the wilderness. When Balaam looked out, he saw Israel encamped tribe to tribe, and the Spirit of God came on him. 
And then he speaks all this stuff. Spirit of God prophesied through this man. He heard the word of God. He heard the Lord's word. Now these people under this, you are still able to hear the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You are still able to hear it, yet you have not, you have not submitted to it because you think you can lie to the Holy Spirit. You think you can lie to the Holy Spirit. What happened to um, Ananias and Sapphira? <laughs> oh, I'm a little scared for you. Dead. Two seconds when they got called out. When they tried to lie. And guess what? Paul was able to see that lie. For those who question I can't see it, oh friend, I can see it on you and just watch. Oh, just watch. My resume has been pretty accurate. <laughs> oh, Bill's in my resume. <laughs> just, just gotta say. Okay. Your prophecies are feeding the soul. That's your accuracy. You aren't bringing them into, into conviction of knowing God and purity and bringing out the things of the heart that's keeping them from it. You feed the soul. You tell people they're going to be well-known and famous. You make them feel good about themselves. You give seductress messages. You're a false prophet. All right, here we go. So then here's what happens. So he goes and blesses. Then you have in 25, you, they don't actually say how this happens yet. You don't know how this happens. You don't put it together that Balaam is a reason this then happens. Numbers 25, when Israel was staying in Shit him. <laughs> I don't know how you say that. It's spelled S-H-I-T-T-I-M. Oh, God, okay. I never, I don't think I read that before. Uh, you can't get mad at me about that. That's how it's spelled. The men began to indulge in sexual immorality with Moabite women. So here you have it. So all of a sudden now, Israelite, the Israelites get seduced by the Moabite women who invited them to sacrifice to their gods. So here you have the women went and seduced the men. And it leads them into sacrificing to the gods. Here, here's what you have right now. You have that the spirit is in the church and it is seducing through these leaders and it is misleading the children of God. It is misleading the children of God to do these lustful things and they don't realize, they don't realize what it is because if they realize the conviction over here, somehow they think that's like judgment and not a good heart of God. They've not known the, the pure, pure love of God that is saving their soul. Saving their soul that could bring so much freedom, that could bring so much healing and perfection to the body that came through a, a pure heart rather than this deception of what the, these people are doing under this, under this Jezebel. Okay, so number three. So Israel yoked themselves to the Baal of Peor and the Lord's anger burned against them. So what happens is God releases a plague and you have 24,000 Israelites die in one day because of this. Now... And that's in verse 9. Now let's go to 31. So no, they don't know yet this was Balaam. You're not going to understand that Balaam was the one that did this. How did Balaam do it? Um, Numbers 31. So now you have an 18. They were the ones who followed Balaam's advice and enticed the Israelites to be unfaithful to the Lord of Peor's incident so that a plague struck the Lord's people. All the warnings in the New Testament were, were back to this. Balaam then goes, after all of this, goes to Balak and tells him, if you get the women to seduce him, you get Jezebel to do this. You get the women to seduce. He's, he's, he's under Jezebel, Balaam is. Okay, that, that spirit works, works through men. It worked through him. And it then teaches them, he teaches them how to seduce Israel, knowing that they would come out from favor and the, and the blessing that was on them once they fell into sin which would be feeding the God of your belly. The gluttonous thing that is now in the church that we don't understand, we don't see it, is not pure. We don't understand that this ministry stuff is not pure. So here you have that in one day, and, and then let, there's another warning. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 
you have Paul, he doesn't see it's Balaam, but he, he calls against this. He's talking about food sacrifice to idols. Now, I went hardcore in this in the witchcraft training, but this is what we have in alignment in the spirit realm. It's the same idea of eating food sacrificed to idols and how people are deceived by this and don't fully understand this is the same thing in the spirit, and it gets really tricky to explain this, but here you have it. Um, in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 8, we should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in one day, 23,000 of them died. Which, I like this. Paul was off by 1,000, and it makes me feel good sometimes when I just say, that's not 100%. He got it all. But he was making a point, making a point that that led to 24,000 death of Israel from coming out and coming under the seduction that people wanted them blame God for the things on the church they want to blame God. They, they don't have an authority over COVID. Oh, no, friend, you're under Jezebel. That's why you don't have an authority over COVID. That's why. Because we should have been like the church with the viper. With, uh, Paul with the viper. That's how it should have been with COVID. If the church had an authority, that's what it would have been. If we have leaders with a period, you would have had an authority over. But it's the, but the thing is, it's a fullness. So you have people in purity that the authority wasn't there yet because this has not come into fullness. Does that make sense? That's the only reason. It doesn't mean that they weren't in purity um, because the, the authority wasn't there. This is a big picture thing. This is a big structure thing. COVID was a huge, huge thing that was happening o over basically the world. I mean, this is an, it is insane to me how God is so jealous for the church to shift it the way he's doing it right now. If people understood how beautiful and amazing this is and stopped freaking out like hell's come no some of you are going to hell in a handbasket yep that's gonna happen that's happened to some because this you have been so sold over and you've had time to repent and you are not and even when this comes on you you're gonna try to deceive the holy spirit god made it so clear to me because it started happening what a year ago there was remember when we were doing the witchcraft and janice was sort of prophesying to you you're about to go to leaders and go into this hiddenness of this thing that's about to come out and i already knew god started showing me and it's not to, to go count. It's to minister to the ones that are in purity and help sever certain things to help bring revival in their ministry. And, and um, because I can deal with the spirit realm. I can deal with the territorials. I can deal with these demonic things. And I don't do it for a power hit. So I ain't under witchcraft. I'm going to do it for your heart. I'm going to do it for the heart of God. I'm going to bring. And that's what I know God was going to show me. I'd be going to these leaders. And then I get the invitation literally a month later to someone who is in leadership and I end up filming something there, but that's what, I mean, God released it like instantly. This is what's going to happen. This is how we're going to bring these people. We're going to bring this fullness in. This is how this is going to begin with these leaders coming into it. And then what's going to happen? The authority is going to grow. We're going to have a purified structures because the ones that are in purity, but here's what's going to happen. You're going to have wolves. And God told me I'm going to get invited in by, by wolves that are going to try to lie to me. I told it, I told it, I'm talking to Ray about this one time when I, I don't know, like a year ago that God was telling me that there's going to be ones he's, and God's going to say, nope, you will not go to them. And then there's going to be other ones he's going to say, yep, they're going to try to play you and you're going to call them out. And Ray goes, I'd like to be a fly on the wall. Because <laughs> I'm all small. I mean, you just don't expect it. And then I'm like, raw, <laughs> knives out. Okay. God likes it. He likes to use the, the last to be first, the ones that don't make sense, the things that aren't going to come together the right way, because that's where he's, he gets to show his true face. That's where he gets on display. He gets glorified when it is things that don't make sense to the natural mind. When it's something that isn't what I'm coming on stage showing my task, showing my task, <laughs> getting all my attention, doing my thing because everybody's looking at me. Yeah. God is not displaying himself through you. 
That is not a display of God. And if you think that is, then you're a corrupt human being. You're confused. How do you think that that's God that you float around that way and you know it's about you? You think you look so hot. You think you look so great because you have a gift of communication. Yeah, it's a gift of communication. That is not an anointing. That ain't an anointing. (laughs) Because when it's an anointing on your words, you can say, boo. (laughs) And the Holy Spirit drops. And it drops. Because the, the power in the word of God is so purified and so accurate that there is something, when it comes through a pure vessel, it will slice and it will cut. And your little gift of communication, oh, you're just a spiritual advisor. Oh! <laughs> you're just self-help. But you want to use scripture on, if you do this, you will get this from God. And you are manipulating. You are under witchcraft. And guess what? You're going to tap into a demon that's going to give you that. It's going to give you it. He's going to give you it. And you're going to think it was God. And then when you lose it, you will blame God. Because it wasn't from God in purity that would be such such a greater promise, such a greater promise of you not trying to manipulate through your ways. Oh, what is happening to my new manifestations? I never did this before. I know, it's like I turned into a little kid all impressed of myself. I didn't have these, what I do now. I got a new anointing over this last year. Yeah, I did! At the end of last year, my only anointing was yelling, it's a party! (laughs) Oh, how many times the Holy Spirit took me over and yelled that. Everyone in the room would be fine until I threw my party bus in the corner. And it makes people laugh. The Holy Spirit's on it. It is a party. It's a party. It's a party and we're demolishing Jezebel. All right, let's get back on track. (laughs) Yeah. Do I want to talk about 1 Corinthians 10 and food? Uh, This could get so, I don't think so. I think that gets way to, to understand the alignment towards that. I feel like I've given enough explanation and explaining why, what he talks about in in not eating, like the conviction of he's, he's in, in 1 Corinthians um, 8 through 10, uh, Paul's, Paul's addressing telling people not not to accidentally eat foods uh food sacrifice to to idols interesting thing so i guess i am talking about it it's coming out of my mouth the interesting thing about food that would be meats and back then people who bought meat were just the wealthy ones in the marketplace that wasn't all of all of um the people able to eat meat so he's warning like for those who go into someone's house and they're serving meat to make sure it's not of the meat that was sacrificed to to the false idol and and he says okay This is gonna. I'm. This is gonna explain a little bit how we get spiritual alignments and little things that align with demons and we don't understand. Okay. And this is gonna be a perfect example because it's it's a conviction of the heart. Okay. That that he's dealing here with. So. This is First Corinthians. Okay. So I'm gonna do. Am I doing verse eight? I guess I am. I'm going to do chapter 8 and then maybe chapter 10. So I'm hopping to, to 8. So, however, not all believers know this. Some are accustomed to thinking of idols as being real. So when they are eat food that has been offered to idols, they think of it as a worship to real gods. And their weak conscience are, are violated. Um, an idol isn't real because an idol is made real by a demon. Okay? So so really, it's, it's a heart intention towards an idol. But the crazy thing, and I know this, is that if you bring a, a, a replica of an idol back from another like country like Africa or something like that, it can, it can have a demon attached to it because of what it represents and because you're, you're, you lack wisdom. 
And I've heard people argue and say, oh, I have an authority. Oh, oh, you're so stupid. Like, you're stupid. <laughs> like, I'm just going to tell you, you think you're, the scripture makes you understand this? I would love to give you a year in my life of seeing the spirit realm. It would blow people's minds. This is why I nail this stuff so hard. It's not because uh, I want you to be able to see parts of it so you actually know it's true. You don't want to see to the level I've seen. And so it's like, oh, you're going to give me that? You are like, people would just, please, you have to have your theology, your doctrine with scripture. If you don't get some alignment of some understanding of the spirit realm of what's going, that's because that's just, you're so deceived by it. You're so deceived by just that. And so you want to come at me, not under the new covenant. It can't be, oh, I wonder what idols you have in your closet. Weird ones with masks from Africa, probably. You don't even know what you're doing. All right. So they think it's a worship real gods, and their weak consciences are violated. It's true. We cannot win God's approval by what we eat. We don't lose anything if we don't eat, and we don't gain anything if we do. But we must be careful so that your freedom does not cause others of a weaker conscience to settle. For others see you and your superior knowledge eating in the temple of an idol. Won't they be encouraged to violate their conscience by eating food that has been offered to an idol? So because of your superior knowledge, a weak believer who died will be destroyed. Now I hear people say, oh, it's like, oh, because I had a drink in front of someone who was an alcoholic and they want to use that is that that's causing their their person to stumble hey for you that could be it if we understood this is so much greater in the spirit realm this is such a greater thing we have leadership that is is aligning with idols is aligning with food offered to idols is doing it and 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 they think that that they 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 can because under the anointing it's allowed to be famous because jesus was famous oh let me use scripture because jesus i'm allowed to be this well known jesus was sacrificed he was killed I'm so confused by such this thing that is so good for you, that this thing of church has become, that everything's so great for you. Hang on a cross. Like, seriously. We have all his, all the just martyred in crazy ways, except for John. He couldn't be killed, but people tried to kill him. Wasn't he, like, trying to be boiled? I don't know if that was one. I mean, crazy stuff. If people understood, like, you're, you can't just get good things. It doesn't work that way. I'm so tired of the prosperity message and the blessing. If you have faith, 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 you're going to get this, this, this. Just love him. Love him. Love him. Love him. That's it. Love him. He will give you what you need. He will give you the desires of a pure heart. Love him. Stop trying to get crap from him. You gross Jezebel. Ugh. Um, so if what I eat causes another believer to sin, I will never eat meat again. As long as I live, I do not cause another. Let's go to chapter 10 talks about being at a table with a demon. All right, here we go. So he's, he's nailing this to have an understanding. Now here's the problem. People are not walking around checking if the meat was sacrificed to an idol. What does that mean? You're not discerning your leadership. You're not discerning your leadership. You do not know what they're doing in their closet. And just because they have a gift, you assume it's from God. Because they can release healing, you assume it's from God, yet you're running after him and not Jesus. I'm confused because God released a full healing in my body with not one person involved but him. That's, that's, that's the fullness of Christ. That is what need, This is what's going to shift on everything. We are going to see the fullness of his face. He is going to slam in and show people who he truly is without this display of Jezebel. Okay. This is 1 Corinthians 10, 16 through 23. When we bless the cup of the Lord's table, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? And though we are many, we all eat from the one loaf of bread, showing that we are one body. 
Think about the people of Israel. Weren't they united by eating sacrifices at the altar? What am I trying to say? Am I saying that food offered to sacrifice has some significance or the idols are real gods? No, not at all. I am saying that these sacrifices are offered to demons, not to God. And I don't want you to participate, partner with demons. You cannot drink from a cup of the Lord and a cup of demons too. Oh, seems like you can't be half and half. Seems like if your gift is demonized that you can't be half and half. Seems like you probably heard from God in the beginning like Balaam did and then you got taken over. You cannot be half and half. You are at a table with a demon. Mm. From ignorant, well, that, these, that's not, that's not, they know it's, no. Their soul, their soul is sold into something and they, and they think it's okay because of what they're releasing. That's, that's what's happening. The, the, the people under this are the ones not knowing that because they partner or come under this authority, they are now at a table with a demon under that structure. They have now come under a demonic thing. They're now getting it. And then we're, we're either saying and accusing God for the bad. And yet God, he's so faithful that he still is moving in intimacy for, for the heart of his children because he's, he's after them. But he, he needs more. Okay. You cannot eat at a Lord's table and at a, at a, tab a table of... Um, at a table of demons too. What do we dare to rouse the Lord's jealousy? <sighs> do you think we are stronger than he is? You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. When the, the translation of the scripture gets used for the simple things, like you're allowed to drink, but you shouldn't be, oh, good Lord. That is literally nothing to the bulk of what this is. This is so heavy. This is so big what he is saying. This is so big. And it and we are in the rousing of jealousy. We are in where this is taking place. If we understood that the things in scripture, that we cannot just be the context, the original image, stay right here. If we don't understand the demons behind it, the demons behind it. And for those who just say, well, in the New Testament, a false prophet was, was that who, 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 who didn't pro prophesy an accurate prophecy, who, who weren't under Yahweh, her, who, you know, who, and, and you think, you think that that, that under your doctrine can, you haven't, you, you, you're under that same spirit. Oh, because it's not in fullness of what you're saying. Because what we really have, the demons behind this, people can't fully understand because if you did, your life would be plummeted like mine. Because they will hurt you because you're exposing them. They will come after you. They will not. If you're famous under this and haven't been plummeted because you're sitting at the table with this demon, it's feeding you. Because the true fame of the Holy Spirit, there's a sacrifice. There's a humility. There's a suffering there's a suffering to understand these things because if you think you can sit there and go before and do deliverance, call these demons, do this, and you don't think you're going to get punched and punched and punched by the demons that are afraid of you until you take the head of them. I mean, these people are so aligned. They're wearing the head of it. They're so aligned with these demons. I mean, I just can't, I just, it just is so like weird to me from my experience and only being in my thirties, my experience. And I'm going, you're literally fifties. 60s, you're so this, this, and this showboating at the White House. Like, where's the, you, ugh, ugh. I don't even have words if people can't comprehend this. Like, 
I, you, people in the church, like, I don't want the suffering of what the enemy does what, to bring, to get an authority in ahead of it, to, to, to just teach that in the name of Jesus, to do this, 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 in the word of God, it will do this. God, if the word has not sliced in such revelation of friendship and intimacy to know him and demons bring intimacy, you get to go through the devil to reach God. You have to, because the world, the God, the devil's the, the God of this world. We have to break through the world, the world system, the world's ideas. Do you think that's easy to break through in your mind? The revelation of walking in the spirit of cutting your soul to understand this, for people to walk in that. It is a, such a pain of a sacrifice to understand that you will suffer with Jesus so you are glorified with him. I'm so tired of the glory just on you. Like they're not walking through this pain to understand, to get to that level of what you're doing is so gross. They haven't walked through this. They haven't gone through these things. And I don't wish this. I don't believe that God's like, no, the whole church, no, but there's an apostolic call for certain people. That's what I carry. So for people who don't understand, oh, you're just speaking this friend. I, I hope you do get a little hit. Like you need to get a little bit of what I'm saying. You need to understand some of this. You need to understand the warfare on the word of God. You need to understand the warfare on the purity of who he is. You need to understand the warfare on Jesus Christ. You need to understand that the enemy is after Jesus and God. And you were so stuck on yourself. And the reason that he goes after the children of God is to get to him because he wants to take the church from Jesus. Jezebel wants to infiltrate the church as a female entity. The church is called a female. It's a bride to Jesus. Does it not make sense? Jezebel would try to be the bride. Oh, oh. does it not make sense that we have this, this infiltration? And for people who don't understand that you could give a gender, gen, that I could give a gender to it. God gave a gender to it. God gave a gender to the church. God gave a gender to, to the spirit of Jezebel. He did. There, because there's attributes that God has created in a human that is in the image of him. Now, do you not think that there's going to be certain attributes in an, in an angel and a fallen angel? Is there, not, is there not personality? I'm sorry, Gabriel talked. Michael spoke. Angel spoke. The Satan spoke. He tempted, he manipulated. If we don't understand that we have these things that are not in the natural eye that is living in the world today that seems humanistic. Is, is that a word, humanistic? Just became one. Never used that before. It is. <laughs> I love it. She knows I can just ask her this weird, her and her glossary or encyclopedia in her brain. <laughs> if we don't get that, and just because you haven't seen it, just because you haven't seen it, you've seen it more than you actually know because you're deceived by it and you're blinded by it. And a lot of the voices that you hear that come to you, some of these prophets, that is a demon talking to you that has, that it has an attribute, it has a voice. It has things, it has, oh my gosh, if people understood that demons have personalities, oh my gosh, mine have the greatest. <laughs> mine have the worst personalities. They are sarcastic. They have sarcasm. They're evil to the, to the core. And when I saw some of the demons were sarcastic, it scared me about my humor. I was like, dang it. Wait, is my humor all a demon? I'm so sarcastic. I got so scared years ago when I realized that demons actually carry that stuff. You have people that carry this, this dark, disgusting humor. Your demon has a humor. I don't have it anymore. This is God's humor. He makes fun of people. <laughs> it's Sarah when I start saying like bad words or something. <laughs> that's when I'm not going to say that's God. We know that. That's because I used to be a sailor. I've gotten better. Not a sailor anymore. That's me. Demons have personalities. And I would just, I mean, and this has been mocked by deliverance ministries by how they talk to a demon on a person. And I've seen it done publicly in front of a whole thing. And I remember this guy, he has a ministry, deliverance ministry in LA. And he actually somehow, I don't know, found out about my ministry, tried to get me to come to one of his things. And I had already been at one. And I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> I ain't going back. 
you're a weirdo. Uh, when I went to him, I got invited. I showed up, and I had been at a deliverance thing the night before. And this is when before Abide released. <coughs> God was God was showing me some of the stuff that's in deliverance ministry that I am to be never do, to be removed from, to understand the mockery in the spirit, to understand that. He will use me to even help retrain these people. They have some experience with demons. They don't have to the fullness of this understanding of what these demons do. Why I can see it so clearly on them somehow. I can call it out so easily. So he he calls up this girl who's literally there for deliverance. He sets it up the room to non-Christians, which is completely nuts. I mean, he, this guy, you're nuts. You're so full of witchcraft and so gross. This guy, he's so dang full of witchcraft who he is. Um, it's not the one you guys know what I'm talking about. Not the one in orange. Yeah, it's a different guy. Um, I don't think I've, you probably have heard this, but it's not the same one. Um, and he did it publicly. He, and he would allow non-Christians to freaking come to it. His deliverance training of calling demons on people and talking to them in front of people. This girl not comes and she is, um, I don't know if she's saved or not dealing with suicide, finds out this deliverance thing. He turned her in such a power show. He calls her up to the front, calls the demon up on her and talks to the demon in front of rows of people and i am just in i mean i hadn't even had a full understanding of just i was still under witchcraft of the stuff that i was was coming against me because i went to two years of being like my sifting of jezebel to where i can speak on her i took the head of her in those few years of what i went through but i didn't have to the understanding i have now so i'm sitting in the row and i'm watching him do this and I have my first only probably very the biggest open-eyed vision I've ever had like I've never to this level I had my eyes fully open and, and fully went into the spirit and I saw what was taking place and the girl Like she was who she was, but she became like it was she turned into this demonic being But it was her so I saw the demon come through her everything turned black in the room And then he's talking to it and I saw what the demon was doing So the demon was talking back to him and he's doing this big power hit calling the demon what is your open door what is your demon do, 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 do. and then he would go look at the audience and what do we say people go in jesus name such a flipping mockery this dude and if you guys saw he is websites he he is public he goes places this guy is so full of witchcraft what he was doing and i start falling out of my chair because i have this open eye vision so i start making a little bit of a scene because i didn't know why i was having the open eye vision I thought I almost ran up to the front. I thought I was God was showing me to deliver her myself. So I start raising my hand and almost falling out of the chair. And then I realized, oh, that wasn't for me. God was just showing me something. And I, I stopped being a weirdo. And I stopped and I just sat there and I kept watching. And I go, holy crap. This demon played an entire joke on him. He thinks he gets her delivered. She's over a trash can gagging. All of it was mockery. He had taught all his people underneath him to get them to manifest, to get them to speak. To get them if they're over a trash can they're getting delivered it was they, the demons were playing the whole game there were deliverances but it's like what i said in the last one the jewish priest exorcism who, who could deliver with another demon that's how it was it was all of this mockery and, and, and game and god was just showing me this is not my love in my heart for that woman who's there suicidal and is mocked and is trying to be like acting like a demon's the one getting off of her when the whole thing was mockery so then so then he does his whole thing she goes to the back and I'm like this poor freaking woman so wounded by that so I they don't even know who I was and I went and grabbed her and I took her aside they saw it the leadership saw, saw me do it I didn't I didn't give a crap uh, what they did to her was so ridiculous so then I take her aside and I don't say I'm gonna do deliverance on you I said I'm so sorry for what just happened for you I said this is and I gave her my card and my phone number I said can I just pray for you and I prayed just love I did not go after a demon 
Because I didn't need to do that to get the demon. The love of the heart of God delivers. The love of the heart of God. And what was done to her and put on display made her think she got delivered was such a demonic joke for that man that he did that that way. And he played into that and he talked. So here's what here's the point. Demons have personality. Those demons came forward and talked through this woman. Talked through her, talked to him, and he loved it. He ate it up with a spoon. Don't talk to a demon. Do not talk to a demon. You and I, you know, and I've been, I've gone through deliverance ministries that got me delivered by doing it. It, because it was teaching me something. God brought me deliverance through that. And it, and unfortunately, because we don't have people in fullness, he, he's so faithful to still use this. He will still deliver some of those people that way. I'm just going to tell you from my experience, do not talk to a demon. Do not. People need to shame, change what they're doing in deliverance that way. You're, you're not doing it in fullness. I did it a lot. I did it a lot. And guess what? Demons lie. They lie so much. And just because you think you have authority, you do not have an authority to put truth on a demon. You do not. That's just a joke. You don't. I mean, I was the wild, wild west in deliverance. I did crazy crap to people who had demons on them. And I had an anointing for it. God taught me so much through that. He, he let me do it for six months. Walking that. He let me learn from it. And people want to do that. You know what? That's your lane. You want to run it. You want to think you're older than me. You understand this more. I can promise you have so much more um, experience than you. <laughs> and Jesus knows it. They knew what I've seen and what I've been through. I've never heard a deliverance ministry who, who's seen the stuff I've seen. The only person that I heard who has this crazy, and his is so he evil because he was a warlock, was John Ramirez. was so crazy what he walked in. But his was just pure. He was the, the one in evil. I got to be the one... Um, the victim of these demons. I saw it from a different place. I was victimized by demons for years and years and years, came face to face with them. I know their personalities. I know the way they appear, the way they talk, the things they do. And don't talk to them. And for people who prophetically released words of a demon giving you a revelation, oh, you're deceived, friend. Tell me where that's in scripture. You won't. You can't. It's not scripture. There is no word from f released that would been from the heart of God that a demon gave someone that was revelation. That's demonic. That's false prophet. See, that's a demon giving you something. That's either the smartest demon or the dumbest demon. Seems like the smartest demon since you just released that publicly. Demons will not give you their strategy. Okay? I didn't have a demon explain strategy to me. Guess what? I walked through what they do. That's how I understand them. I walked through what they did to me and I understand them by what they do to other people. I've learned it. Not because they told me. I don't sit with a demon in the corner. Tell me what you do as Jezebel. Oh, yeah, Sarah, this is what I do as Jezebel. I use her to do this, 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 and this. No, I got that from the heart of God. Showing me how this is evil and this is pure. I got it from the heart of God. Stop talking to demons, people. You did not get a revelation from him. They have tricked you. You need wisdom. You need wisdom. Wisdom. Oh, dang, you shouldn't have a big following. Oh. <laughs> I really didn't want to do over two hours. I just don't want to go this long. Sarah and the mouth that keeps talking never stops. Okay. So the Spirit of God is clearly bringing the come together of all of these. What this is leading into, what we have is, is a shift in the era. Why is this such a bulk in the spirit yet only going to be released to certain people? Because it has to be hidden in this moment because we don't yet have the, what I said in the beginning, we don't yet have, God has not brought in the people who are going to bring it into fullness because 
It's crazy, crazy warfare on what is shifting. And this is why there has to be hiddenness. This is why God would use me in hiddenness with certain people and helping them. And in the heart of God, um, to bring the people who haven't understood that this is what they've come under. And for me to get to visit these stupid little wolves, can't wait to call you out when you want to call me in. And I don't know when it's going to happen. I'm all so hidden right now, but it's going to happen. And I'm saying it. Just watch. Just watch. Well, actually, it's going to be hidden. People aren't going to know. <laughs> I'm going to be a hidden little ninja. <laughs> Jesus is going to, going, to, going to do it. And it's going to bring people so much freedom. It's going to release their hearts. Their, their struggle for money, their struggle for, for their numbers, their struggle, their, it's going to bring so much like, oh, you're going to get a bed and wrestle with Jesus. You're going to trust that he is his hand. He is going to work through you. He is his hand over your ministry, over your family, over your future. You don't have to work so hard to get a following. You don't have to get your, your book as a bestseller to get money. You don't have to do these things anymore because God is going to work in such a private, private place that the people in privacy are going to carry so much power that I know that what God is going to put on me, I'm going to demolish this demonic power. <laughs>
that fruit is communication, that fruit is the display of these false miracles. You think this is fruit. This is not fruit. Fruit comes from the heart. Fruit comes from the heart. It is a removal of pride. It is humility. It is a purity in the heart. That is the fruit. That is the fruit. They know Jesus. They know Jesus. Uh, do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear the fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus the fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the ones who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles. Then I will tell you plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. Whoa. And you have these people that are so full of stupid doctrine and theology who want to see this and use this. You want to use this towards the charismatic. You want to, oh, you're so full of crap. This is in you. This is in you. That's in you. This is not how this is to be translated. This is not in these people. You are so full of doctrine. Blech. <laughs> happening to my life okay therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on a rock you've so many people and they got no foundation and then they're told that you have no foundation so you can't receive your healing and faith you've lost it because you have no foundation and then people go and they go how do i get my foundation what do i do how do i get it how do i get it how do i get it it's so deceptive it's just not taken in fullness. It's just lacking what it really is. You can't get it that way. You can't get it. You can't get any foundation. It's just knowing him. It means when you, you are struggling, you are sick, find him in that. Like, find and know that Jesus suffered like you did. Jesus has suffered. Know him in that. Don't try so hard. You can't. You can't do it for yourself. And these people, they're sitting here. It's your fault you lost your healing. It's your fault you did this. Now, when it comes to a demon re-entering somebody that you have taken back a belief and a thought that, that of something of yourself, but usually that comes from a sin. That comes from a sin. That was a willful sin. To just say it's just because of this over here. No, it's if I can explain most of the time, it's just your deception in your mind towards God. It's like the way you think, the way you see, the way you believe that's for you. You believe you're to live in hopelessness. You're to believe that, that this is your life, that you are, you've been given this and this and that. It's a deception in your mind and you're accepting something. And we're putting it on this idea that you don't have enough faith. You're, you're this, you're that. Man, living like on the solid rock is literally just a purity and love for Jesus Christ. Stop trying to just confess. Stop trying to just confess and say, oh, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. How well is that working for you? How well is that working for you? It never worked for me. And there's a reason it never worked for me because God wanted the word of God to be alive in me to teach this to people, to get you free, to get you free that you can do any of this for yourself because Jesus did it all. And the idea that just Jesus did it all, so you're already healed. Oh, it's, it's like, it's like, a tr it's like taking something that is true, but adding works to it. So it's like, it's done, but now I have to work to know it and understand it. His, do him as a friend. Like when you just get to that place, like when I got to the place, I was like, man, I can't pray anymore for healing. I can't do this anymore. Like I am done. I've done this for so long. I'm just going to learn to live. And when God, it's going to, at some point, and it, I don't know what I did. And I, you know what? Maybe I didn't even have faith for it. And look, God did it. It's not me. Because faith came from obedience. I displayed faith in a way of endurance. We, in a way of endurance. And I think we have this 
let me see in first in first James as I have I spoke on this before that how God has has spoken to me that my faith had to look from what I had to endure. You don't confess anymore. You don't pray for that anymore. Your life is praying. You have a prayerful life. You have a fasted life. Why? Do you know that your your body and your mind, you can pray by how you live? You know, pure obedience and submission to him. That he's your friend. You have a prayerful life already. You don't have to beg him. You don't have to confess things over and over again. He's just there as your friend. Just talk to him. Get to know him. He loves you so much. And because your pain doesn't mean he doesn't love you. Can people comprehend the life that I've lived? To fight to say, I know he still loves me. Fight for it, people. God, shift your will. Shift your mind. Stop it. Stop this victim mentality. He's good. His own son gave up his life for him to death. If we understood this, does that mean God's not good or does it mean he's better than we can fathom? Because he himself was Jesus, gave him life for you. Oh! I'm just going to read this because I'm not exactly sure where. Oh, here we go. Okay. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. There's an endurance in life that's testing your faith and represents your faith that's not going to be your mouth. The reason when I preach on the mouth, the, the mouth, for me, had to come first to shift my heart, not to control God. It wasn't to control God and not to shift my heart to get things from God either. That's where the deception is. It's not to deceive, shift my heart. Oh, that God's going to, God's going to. No, shift my heart to just believe he loves you, that he's faithful. We've gotten things so twisted. We've gotten things so, oh my gosh, what do we do to put a PowerPoint to this crap? Like, put so much work in structure, like, because of the words of God. Like, if we understood just the purity of just knowing him, and then it comes in revelation to you. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. When your endurance and perseverance through the pain and suffering, there's a completeness that will come into the heart, in a heart reality towards who God is, that you cannot get from a prayer chain. You cannot get from a leader who, see, who seems to display the gift of healing. It comes from Jesus and Jesus alone. It's your heart intention towards him. It's the, it's, the, it's the choice to obey even when it doesn't make sense. It's the choice to want to know him even when it makes, doesn't make sense. And people understood the suffering that I've lived in. There are times God has put the grace on how hard it's been for me to live that I could do things that other people could not do. That's just what it was. And it's not going to make sense to people say, no, me and Jesus are friends and he'll tell you you're wrong. He did. By what I had to go through, there was things that he would allow because my heart and intention was always, always with him, always with him. But there was a suffering on my life that there were just times that I had to be, I was separated. I was allowed to be, do things, just things that other people could not do. And you, and people would go, oh, you, that's not of God and blah, blah, blah. Oh, shut up. Yeah, you're the one sitting there casting out a demon with your demon. And you think you're going to call me out on anything? 
punch you in the face. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask and you believe, not doubt, because one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by one of the wind. Now you're going to hear people say, the moment you doubt, you're not in faith, you're not in faith. God knows your human nature. Let me, let me explain it like this. What if you being led by your lust was your doubt? You were blowing, blowing with the, with the sea, tossed by the wind. This is where we have Philippians 3.19, that this is God of your belly. And if you think that this is, this is the faith of your, just your mind, no, it's the faith that your, your life represents. What if your mouth didn't always have to do it, but your, your faith represented that you don't blow with the lust of the wind, that you don't blow with the lust of this world. And that's how you, oh, not getting your head in my doubting. I woke up this morning doubting. Oh, good Lord. Here's what I didn't do. I didn't fly with the lust of this world, but man, I doubted. How do you not doubt when you're sick for 20 years and your mom died and your sister died? Are you flipping kidding me? You want to tell me I didn't pray enough? Oh, I'll punch you. Knives out. You have no idea what you're freaking talking about. I can't, like, seriously, you, and people know this. Don't talk back to me. You know you can't address that. You know you can't call me out. You don't have a clue what you're talking about. Until you've seen the death, I've seen how you could direct how I pray in that pain. I had people tell me that in Bible school. I didn't pray enough for my sister. Do you know what that did to my mind? Do people understand what you do to somebody by putting that on them? That they can control that stuff? Like, they're just in such God's character and drop doctrine and you're so what you're putting on people you've had no experience of it you haven't had sickness because you've had a sheltered life and you think it's because your faith is strong that you haven't had sickness no you haven't known pain and they put that on someone else that they're in this place because they have faith and they're putting it on people and they would put it on me in school when i was sick and i had these i would have these stupid sheltered girls who were there to get married try to give me advice meet me in the bathroom it made me so mad I looked at them as so stupid. Here I am, hiding from a man who's stalking me to ruin my life, kill me. And I lost all that. You want to give me advice about my faith. And you're at Bible school to meet a dude and go be pastors of a church. Don't do it, people. You're in ignorance. Don't address things you don't understand. Like, this is what these people are addressing because they think they have a gift for it. They think they had faith because they didn't have it. You think you're going to give. No, here's what I'm going to advise you. Man, I can advise people in pain because I know pain. I can advise you in that. I've been through it. Don't be sheltered little people want to get up and preach a theology they've never experienced in their life and tell me that I didn't pray enough. I didn't have faith enough. There was something that must have um, happened in my family and this and that. And blah. Oh, shut up. I can't. And you, everyone knows this is a good point. You've come, come under this theology. You've come under it by people who have no damn idea what they're talking about. They don't. They really don't. And you want to tell me, and I just remember those girls. I remember I would have such bad stuff with my neck happen, and I would have to miss days of school. And they called me until I met with them. And a lot of it was annoyance with the school, but I was also extremely attacked and sick in the hospital. I ended up hospitalized. Like, and, the, and then you want to hear, oh, did you, let's pray for Tara. She didn't have faith. She gets hospitalized. You 
Oh, there's my venting. I've never gotten to vent about what those students did to me. It was such a joke. It's why I was so old. Like, I was like, you clueless little wenches. Like, you have no idea. You're going to tell me because I'm hospitalized before this. You don't understand what somebody goes through. And you want to sit there and give your idea because this has worked for you and your prayer life in that moment. And it because you've never experienced something beyond that. And, oh, I lost my grandma. Okay. Is that your pain? That was your pain and suffering? Okay, you want to give me advice on suicide? You think you're going to cast a suicidal spirit off of me? Okay. Okay. I mean, it's like, oh, because you were taught that in the name of Jesus, demons had to go? You think you can come at that? A generational spirit of suicide that my mom was taken out by? <laughs> oh, I can nail these things. Because, because there, there's a deception in that you just got taught something. You think that now your doctrine and scripture became a power to you. A power to you rather than knowing the heart of God and loving someone. All I needed was love. There was one girl, Ingville. I love, love Ingville. She lives in Norway. You know her. The most purest. She was a healing tech. She was, everybody was like, this girl's going to be Joyce Meyer. She was known, God ordained. She was part of uh, one of their ministries. They, I mean, she had been in two Bible schools. Everybody put Ingville on this pedestal. There's this beautiful Norwegian girl. And, and the one person she liked was me. <laughs> She liked Sarah. Everyone else just thought I would meet her at my house, ditch, meet her at her, her house, ditching a class, meeting to have a cigarette. And that girl would sit with me and love me no matter what I did. She never put theology on me. She never told me, Sarah, you're not doing this, this, and this. She saw that man harassing me. She saw the phone calls, what I would go through. That girl would sit with me and like hold me when I'm kind of under bouts of depression. She never put anything on me. And that was a pure love of God. That heart that didn't put that I was doing something wrong and all these stupid students who came under the doctrine that they didn't have wisdom in. That the heart of God just loves you. He just loves you so much. He has so much grace on your pain. And you have doctrines that are teaching you that you have to do this to get him to move on your behalf. That girl displayed the heart of God to me. I mean, she is the reason I got through that school. She ended up getting deported and that was like the worst thing that happened for me because she was the only one that was there for me. She's the only one that saw impurity towards me, that didn't treat me poorly, didn't act like I was this train wreck. And like, just at the way that it's just, you know, and I stayed away from so many people, but she genuinely like, like, and then I, and then, and then she gets freaking deported and I lose her. And I was like, the one dang person, crap. <laughs> what am I gonna do now? <laughs> oh crap, I gotta deal with all you guys again. <laughs> just be there for people in their pain like it's like it don't we gotta stop putting this crap on people like I, I will be so blunt and nail you when you're deceived by a demon that's when I'm gonna come at you but why I can do it because I've experienced it I got experience with this stuff and I can do it in a different way than someone else who has no freaking experience and wants to minister to your death wants to minister to your thing over there without understanding just the heart of God and pain that comes in those things and we now have used doctrine to, to display his heart we're using just scripture without knowing his heart. We're not displaying it in fullness. This church, we have to come into fullness of this. <laughs> okay. Mm. Mm. <sighs> James 1, 17. I've never used this much scripture in any teaching. This is so impressive. What am I at? Like 50 scriptures? This is amazing. I am biblical. Okay, James 1, 17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from Father of heavenly lights, 
Who does not change like shifting shadows? Oh, oh, God. The doctrine that we have today would make God seem that he's bipolar. He's going to give you a healing and take it from you because you did something wrong. Man, oh. He chose to give us birth through the word of his truth that we might be in the first fruits of all he created. Problem is we are not in the first fruits right now. We are not. We are not in the first fruits. The first, the first, the first fruits of Jesus Christ that is about to take place is going to be such a purified, amazing, amazing thing. Such a high, high, high level favor that's going to come on the people that are, that are to do this, that is happening in the spirit. Okay. All right. Jesus. Father, whatever, everything that's being released in the spirit, God, in the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you for the exposure that is coming on um, these leaders right now, Father. I thank you for the bed of suffering that Jezebel is about to get hold of right now. Thank you, Father, for the shift that's even going to happen politically, Father. Thank you for the torment that's about to release on the things that are trying to shift who you are, God, in this world, who've tried to make you a bigot, who are trying to change your genders, Father. Thank you, Father, that you are bringing to fullness and you, you, you see the heart of the pain of the people that don't comprehend who you are, Father. That you see the heart, but God, you also see the evil. You see the evil that is deceiving your children, Father. And I thank you, Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, this exposure is coming. Father, I thank you, God, that there's a, there, 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 there's, there's a magnifying glass that is going to to magnify the demonic thing that has been taken over by people's minds. They don't understand, Father, that they would find you face to face, God. I thank you, Lord, that they will come into intimacy, that know Jesus Christ as, as their Lord and Savior, that he is everything, that he will do everything, and no man, no man displays him in the fullness, Father. I thank you, God, that Jesus is taking his church back, God. I thank you right now, Father. And we call this into, into the fullness in the name of Jesus over the church, what is about to take place, God. Thank you for the release, Father. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be sent to help your leaders, Father, find you more, God. I thank you for the children coming out from under the wolves, God. And I thank you for the wolves now bowing. I thank you, God, that they will bow. They will bow before you, Father. Oh. <sighs> Father, if there's anything else, Lord, um, that there's a closure to this and whatever is like taking place, especially because I know God told me that my body and my healing was going to align with the, with, with the virus because what was taking place spiritually and territorial. I mean, the fact that I spent, now I didn't go to doctor. I knew God was doing something specific, but on Thanksgiving I, I had to go because my family freaked out because God told me, so he's like, he wants me to show this crazy. Um, I was picking up such crazy stuff of anxiety of Jezebel, this anxiousness in the spirit. And it was so crazy because I'm picking up the anxiousness and fear of the spirit realm. And I was feeling it through because there was a flip in October, which is the highest witchcraft month of the year. And there was a shift that began happening, especially start feeling the anxiousness. And I heard of, and I know other people were feeling this thing. They couldn't understand what it was. They felt like it was just pure evil. What it actually was, was an anxiousness of the spirit of Jezebel because what's, what's about to flip. Now she's been given this release of full, the full thing that's going to lead into the bed of suffering. But there's an anxiousness because she sees the spirit knows the judgment on it. It knows it. Demons know the word of God better than we do. They know it's to come. They know Jesus' hand is on this. Jesus, this is why they could come after me my whole life because they know I'm about to take the head of it, that I'm going to help lead this stuff. 
But you have this anxiousness in the spirit. And I was picking up so bad. I was like, oh God, what is this? Like I'm already so dang sick and my body's healing. It's aligning. There's so much stuff going on. And I heard travail. And you're physically going to travail like a woman in pregnancy. And then we have that in Rome, in Romans 8 that we talk about the groaning. And God was showing me, you're literally living out Romans 8 right now. What's, what's going what's gonna to take place? And people will go, oh, if you give, give me. I mean, if they, people think that this is a prideful thing, good Lord. Such a joke, the pain I've lived in, what I'm speaking out right now. <laughs> there ain't no pride on this. You want to have it? Have fun. You die. I wouldn't handle this. I've had to freaking feel in the spirit for so long in my life. So then I'm picking up this and I heard God say, you're travailing a, a seasonal change, but your body's travailing it because the healing and the shift of this territorial. And um, it's going to be as if pregnancy. This is, <laughs> well, you guys all know this is funny, but I get to share it again. But okay, so. Okay, so we have in Romans 8, 22, another scripture. I'm still going. I thought it was done. Okay. We know the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who are the first fruits of the Spirit. Oh, he's aligning these first fruits. Oh, Jesus always has like this weird thing and I don't know how it comes out. Okay. Groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. God was saying, I'm giving you a redemption on your body. There's a redemption on the body of Christ. This is what we have. We have a redemption on the body of Christ, of Jesus Christ. This is his bride. And then we have a redemption on the infiltration that's happened in the church and the redemption that's going to come on the children who are going to get the fullness of, of the truth of healing, the truth of prophecy, the real gifts of the spirit that are really going to display Jesus' face. And that's it. And he says, if for in this hope we are saved, the hope is seen as no hope at all. For who hopes what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait patiently. God's like, I, this is what's happening. Doesn't feel like it, doesn't see. You're, you're travailing something in the spirit. I, had to, I couldn't go do things. I had to separate because of what was happening and I was feeling it. And then, flipping Thanksgiving, dude. The worst pain I had had through this whole thing. I was three hours in a fetal position with a stabbing thing in my gut. Crying. My dad and brother were freaking out. I mean, well, my brother doesn't freak out. But my dad was. But my brother want, you know, was telling me what I need to ask the doctor the doctors to do. And, I, but, and the thing is, is like I can't even explain to them. People would think I'm nuts. You know what I mean? And my family, of course, like in my brother being a doctor, I mean, he's like, no, you need to go do this. And I did it just to appease them because they were going to freak out. Like I couldn't leave my apartment. I was in this and I was getting up in my apartment and it was like I was pregnant. I was like, holy crap, I'm travailing. What on earth? So I would stop and hold on to the couch and go. <laughs> I was like doing contractions. I'm like, this is psychotic. Okay. My gut was in so, and it would stop, paralyze me. And I'm like, this is what a woman, I did, and it did not make any, because at the same time, not only was I know there was a travail, there's also something that my body was physically shifting. So I had to go because to appease my family to urgent care, I knew they couldn't do anything. If anything, I thought they'd give me pain pills or something. And they weigh me and I'm 22 pounds more than my normal weight. <laughs> and that's such like God making fun of it. I was like, I'm not going to say a word about this. I don't know what to say with that weight right now. I'm going to ignore that. And I went and sat there. And then I was like, oh my God. And I texted you guys. I was like, this is insane. God tells me I'm literally going through this and I weigh as if I'm pregnant at the doctor's. And it hit me funny. I'm like, that's kind of God's humor. Like, I know he probably, like, stuck an angel on it with me or he did it. He did something to make it that mighty because that's just not normal. I mean, I know I swelled with hormones and stuff, but I'm not 20. 22 pounds, that's a dang baby. I might have, like, twins. Like, that's weird. That's so weird. I didn't look like it was that much. Like, it was so, and I'm like, oh, 
my word. Like, God, it, this is you kind of jokey. Like, you're telling me this is what's happening. This is what, this is spiritual. Even though people don't understand, they would mock you. You're doing this alone. You're doing this. There's something shifting in the spirit so big, so big beyond our understanding what was taking place. And if we understood that the truth of travail, that there are things that people are in purity, they're travailing right now in the hiddenness, and I know it. There's things that people are carrying. There's things that they, they there's a weeping that'll come on you, a grief because you're picking it up in the spirit. If you're picking it up in anxiousness, I, you are, you are feeling the anxiousness of the demons who are panicked. They're panicked right now. They are panicked on what they're about to leave, they're about to lose. So you people who think this is a great evil, they're, they're sensing. There's an anxiety and anxious. Well, I don't feel it anymore because the flip on January 3rd transitioned me out from under that travail. But like this, there's this thing in the spirit that, that the people are, the people in purity are picking things up in, in an intercession and they're hidden in it. And, 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 and this is what's going to be pulled out because there's a groaning right now in the spirit of this happening, of, of the shift taking place that people are going to come out of the woodworks and we're going to see this happen. And so God's like, literally your body is going to align with the, with this coronavirus. And it did. I mean, when we would get some open, cause I'm LA County, we were close so much, but so, and I always am in Orange County, so it doesn't really matter. But I mean, when Orange County would open, like I, that's usually, sometimes I get the break right then right and then i'd be able to go out and i'd be like oh my gosh and then dang it and then the covid would get higher and then i'm back it's just crazy it literally was aligning in the spirit world. people have no idea what this this is a crazy territorial thing and god was just letting me see it and it's not and and, and i think that god does things like this for revelation it just it takes scripture i mean he put romans 8 inside of me this last year that i saw this i was like man this is like walking the spirit. This is a groaning. This is a thing that we're that we're seeing this territorial this territorial flip that's going to take place. And when this comes to the fullness, you're, we're going to see the accuracy of this. We're going to see the accuracy of what's going to happen. And, and honestly, you don't want to carry the word I'm carrying. You don't because you're going to be pregnant with five babies at once, and it doesn't feel good. Okay, you don't want to do that. That's hard. And I probably have babies coming out my back and like my head. Like you don't want to live like that of what it is to to carry this an apostolic thing like that. People called to an apostolic call in purity is not an easy call. You are taking new ground. You're plummeting things in the spirit. You're getting an authority. But if it's not in purity, then your your ground isn't full of of, of what it, you still got giants in your ground. I took a, I, I I've gotten a clean land. I'm taking something that that God is now going to move in on other people because I took this land and I'm breaking it and I'm opening things and I'm going to help bring this for people that we're going to break out from under Jezebel. We're going to bring people out from under this witchcraft and into this land and people were not strong enough to do this and so so you don't want this message so so don't be weird about what i carry don't don't question it just shut up <laughs> sometimes i'm like god why do you let me be like this is like so my my personality is a little bit you know i'm a i'm a diamond in the rough okay i get it and i'll probably stay that way i'm much more of a diamond than i used to be there's something that God likes to do to break religious minds by the way that the, the way that the, the things that I can come in and kind of hit hit that way and some people your panties went up your butt um, let, let it let it cut things off your heart let that panty that went up your butt cut something off your heart in the moment because I know that I say like offense like weird aggressive offensive things because I'm a normal human that's been in hell through my life. And I'm not going to be this religious thing that's full of doctrine. But I, you know what? I got a lot of word in me. Got a lot more word than you. I got friendship in me. I know God. If you don't want to carry this message, you want to come under what, what is being opened. That's what you want. Because the people who are going to be apostolic in leading this, they have not had an easy day. They're going to be older though. I doubt there's ones like my age that are apostolic leading this. Because you would be dead. 
So you couldn't handle this. And you say, I say that all the time. Yeah, because I'm trying to get that in your brain. People don't understand the suffering that comes into an apostolic call. Because you just want to teach prosperity. You're so full of witchcraft. And the leaders and the leaders that are the ones that are going to be, that are the older ones in this apostolic thing, that are that they're, they're in purity and wisdom. And, and, and it's time that we, we learn to follow those ones. And we learn to follow the ones that, that are teaching truth that sometimes hurts, that convicts. But what it's going to do, it's going to get you on your knees before Jesus Christ. And he's the one that's going to come and he will deliver you. He will heal you and he will set you free. And for some reason, God has wanted to knock this, knock this, knock this, knock this, knock this. Because people got to get this in their hearts. We got to get this in their hearts. We got to get this. We got to get this foundation. We have to understand this is what's about to take place. And let's rise up and get strong. Stop being so breakable, collapsible, so scared, so scared of what Biden can do. Oh, trust me. Oh, trust me what's going to hit him. No, oh, the suffering Jezebel. Oh, Jezebel, Jezebel, Jezebel. And the people, the people that you, you, you wanted these things in, in office because of the pain and the hurt. And I understand that. Like, I get that. I get, I get where that is and understand that, that need for progression and, and those certain pains. I just want to tell you that the agenda that was behind all these things is, is, is a Jezebel move that's going to flip on its head. And it's not because, oh, it's just going to be, oh, Trump, Trump. No, 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 no. Certain things weren't done properly with Trump. Let's just say it for what it is. We did not have fullness in any of this. And we got to get these damn idols out of our head. We got to stop putting these flipping idols on just this politician, this thing. God, God is, God's going to, going to do all of this. We're going to see this come into the fullness and watch out because there's just people coming out of the woodworks. I just call those people out of those corners, out of those closets, out of the hiddenness that are carrying the words. And the hidden messages oh, that are to go through this, like oh, the hiddenness of certain people that are supposed to hear something oh, in the words that I say. Oh, mm, yeah. And, and, and an, an ending of, of, a certain, of a certain season to now shift, to now flip and take place. And there's something, this is like, it's so prophetic all of a sudden. I got to record. What am I going to say? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> am I an oracle? No, just kidding. <laughs> I turned into a frenzy. Just kidding. Okay. I'm not tormented by the spirit of God. <laughs> Shut up. Hold on. He's saying such weird stuff. Okay. There's a thing coming in on going to be in, we're going to, it's, there's a big thing. I know this month and, and, and on Easter and people picked it up last year, but because we're, we're, I pick up things like years in advance and I'm learning that it's kind of a bummer. Because when I pick it up, I get excited and I'm like, dang it, that's not for however long. And so there are things picked up where there is something of a resurrecting life that, that, that we're now having that's, that's going to come that's going to come into play and, and a big a big shift of, of God of doing what he wants to do. And that does not mean that everything's going to get better all of a sudden. That's what we don't understand. It's probably going to continue to look worse, okay? But in the shift of the higher uh, the higher things going on in the spirit, uh, there's there's a goodness and a, and a victory happening and uh, taking, taking place. And I am so excited for this year. This is such an exciting year for the first time in my life. I like actually am happy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a mess. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's just that <laughs> oh, everything's going to be funny. It's just that when you're always kind of like dealing dealing with a, with a lot of stuff, it's so nice to see, have a real true promise begin to release. It gives me hope for my other promises. Like it gives me hope for the other things that I know are gonna are gonna hit back to back to back, and they're they're about to hit. Because it has to happen this this way for this flip a season. We are no longer in delay. 
The church has been in delay because of this stuff. We have been in delay. We have not had the authority. The delay has been because of the power of Jezebel. And God had 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 to have grace because he had to raise up people who could finally have an authority. Because he, he couldn't do it before. Nobody had authority over this. Nobody could call it for what it was. He they couldn't. He has, God's like, oh, dang it. Man, man, these stupid leaders. I mean, he's bummed. He is bummed. I mean, we got, you know, a lot of Uzziahs, King, King Uzziahs, who are going into the temple thinking they look intimate by burning incense that they were not supposed to do, that they did for themselves. And that's what King Uzziah did. And what, and what happened? He got leprosy. You know, we have, we have, <laughs> we just have these leaders. You know, what you're displaying, like what you're doing has the idea of you're displaying this and it's not in fullness. It's not in fullness. And, and, and Jesus had to work through these King Uzziahs. He's had to work through it. He's had to do this and he's ready to be done. We, we need to shift this. And if this is not talking about this for so long, six hours, Jesus is mad. <laughs> Look how long I've done this. What do we got? It's almost like a repetitive message with flips of, what, of how this is coming out of what's about to take place. So we got to move in this. All right, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be done, and my my healing I hope my healing book will come out. Can I, maybe one person can buy it. <laughs> That's the way it goes out. <laughs> I know. Three of us. Oh God. We're good. Oh, sweet. Send it to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> oh dang. Um, because we gotta we gotta start moving in this, and and I know God wants to wants to build 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 the message behind this and, and start getting getting it going. So, um, anyways, anywho, I think I'm done. <laughs> okay, uh, coming coming to the end. I don't know what's next. I don't know if I'm gonna even. I know I'm not doing anything pub public. I know I'm not putting any any anything on social media. I don't really know what's gonna come after this. I know that this is a closure to this specific message if I decide to ramble about healing one time as we write the book and now that I'm gonna have a transcriber and I can I hate don't like writing so maybe I'll let you do a Q&A and I'll record it or something <laughs> go deeper into healing to release the release that impartation for people who've been standing for their healing and stuff like that all right well okay I'm closing this in Jesus name goodbye <laughs>